What's up, everybody? You are tuned into season two of the Elks Call, presented by Shotgun Sports. My name is Scout, aka the Rep from Section X. And I'm Catherine, aka Dave and Elks. And today we are joined by longtime double E fan and a new tailgater. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Chris Agar. Chris, how are you doing today, man? Uh, thanks for having me. Give me a <clears throat> Super stoked to have you on. Uh, how's your offseason been? Do you got the CFL itch yet? <laughs> yeah, about the day after Grey Cup, I think I did, in all honesty. <laughs> when is the next one, right? <laughs> as soon as you're done. Well, and then hashtag is it June yet? Uh, I think we're, we're already getting to that point now. Um, yeah, guys, this is going to be an awesome show. Stagged once again. Before we dig into the schedule, we'd like to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, whether you're watching on our YouTube at Shotgun Sports Network, uh, or even on Facebook or X, or if you're listening on TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Edmonton Sports Talk, or wherever you get your podcast, uh, we appreciate you. So thank you. Um, today's lineup for this stack show is as <laughs> follows. Uh, we're going to actually open up the show with an expanded version of Kathy's Herd Report. Uh, so we're going to be talking about the latest Edmonton Elks transactions and news, as well as some other major news from the CFL that we're just hearing today. Um, following that, we're, we're, we'll give you an Edmonton sports update with some help from our good friend Len. And then we'll cap the show with the fan forum where we discuss hot topics surrounding the Elks, the CFL, and the sports world as a whole. Be sure to blow up the herd chat. You know what to do. Uh, blow it up so you can get your comments and questions onto the show. Uh, we see John is already in the herd chat throwing down uh, some <laughs> comments, so that's awesome. Let's kick it off with the Kathy's Herd Report. Uh, that's brought to you by Off the Reins Podcast. The Birmingham Stallions are going for the three-peat, and Ryan Messer has you covered for the journey. Find OTR every two weeks on Shotgun Sports Network. Giddy up. <laughs> I like I like the name Herd Report. It sounds a lot more official and professional <laughs> than it actually is, to be honest. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, when was the last? The last show that we did was the sixth. Yeah. So I grabbed all of the transactions following that. And to be honest, not much happened the past couple of weeks. Um, Which like, is that's surprising, isn't it? Because yeah. it's free agency. Uh, was it surprising though, seeing that you know how much money Jones has been spending? True. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, let's just get right into it. You know, February seventh, we had American defensive back uh, Cordell Jackson who was signed. On February thirteenth, we officially signed our uh, running back returner Javon. Javon Leak. Leak. Javon. So let's remember that he was the 2023 most astounding special teams player. Chris, what do you think of this move? What do you think of so far the moves that we have seen? Well, you know, anytime you can upgrade a position that much, I'm all for it. I mean, the number one complaint has been no special teams for the past, what, eight, nine years? Since 2015, basically, yeah. You've got to shorten the field for the quarterback. It's simple math. Very simple math. So... So long as the team can uh, support him and make him holes, I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. After that, February 16th, we had American running back Cameron Peoples signed. February 20th, American defensive back Brian Hughes Jr. was signed. 
And on the 21st, we had American wide receiver and last change U alum, John Franklin II signed. So once again, we didn't see much in the past couple of weeks in terms of signings. Um, just, I, I think that's what I think happened. I think Jones went ahead and spent all his money <laughs> by the time that the free agent frenzy came along. Um, what were your expectations during this whole thing? Well, Jones didn't make any bones about it. He said he wasn't going to do a heck of a lot in free agency. Um, he wanted consistency in the team, and I, I'll take that over a bunch of new people any day. Honestly, I really like the idea of having some continuity on the lineup. Yeah, and I'll yeah I'll I'll, I'll chime in on that as well. It was on Edmonton Sports Talk yesterday on the EST Hangout, so that was fantastic. And this had actually come up, right? If you're a team that's constantly going through a lot of players and a lot of churn in, in the roster, well, that usually means you 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 don't believe in the team in general, right? right? At the mm -hmm. end of the season, you're not really believing in that team. You see a bunch of negatives and you want all these pieces mm -hmm. swapped out. Mm -hmm. Now, Jones banking on youth, I think that that's very interesting. Mm -hmm. I don't, I, I, I wish we had a couple more veterans in a couple more positions, like our lines, our, the O-line mm -hmm. and the D-line. Um, O-line, O-line, it, it has a couple of, uh, a couple of vets, but on the D-line, we're basically all youth there. Mm -hmm. um, and, I mean, speaking of which, A.C. Leonard, right? We're, I was kind of hoping to see him come back to the team. Unfortunately, he uh, is not working out for, for both sides. Money. Good for yeah. A.C. trying to go get that money. He is asking for a high play <laughs> No. Yes. What do you think is going to happen to him? Chris, you know, it's he's he'll catch on somewhere. Um, I think if we ended up in a situation of injuries, he may get a spot back at Edmonton. But I'm not Coach Jones. I can't. Uh, I can't make the call. But that would just be my assumption or prediction, I guess. Yeah. We also have some other names left as free agents. Manny Arsenault, wide receiver, it's one of them. Um, linebacker Jordan Reeves, D line. Daniel Ross, and of course, a couple of O-line guys, Josiah St. John and Samuel Thomason. So I'm not sure. What are, you, what are you expecting with those names? Do you think that there's going to be any extra moves here in the next few weeks before training time starts? Or Well, at this point, I don't know if I see AC Leonard coming back. If, if there's one spot where you hope that, let's say, like if if they pick up anybody really, it's the mm -hmm. D line. Any sort of, um, any sort of veteran, any sort of experience, any anything that can help that young D line do their job this season. Like we we need wins at the end of the day. And hey, maybe there's something I don't know. There's a reason why I'm not a coach. I, I'm yeah. on a podcast talking. Really, um, we're fans. We 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 pay the money to get in we don't uh, have our salaries paid by the team so um you know it, it, it's a different side and there's probably things i don't see but i was expecting help on the d line i was hoping for one more on the o line for the rest of it though like getting boris beady um that was huge that's a, that's a huge acquire javon leak cordell jackson is my number one player to watch in training camp this year I will tell you that uh, the amount of hype that this guy's had behind him. And then of course, coupled out with his film, he looks like he could be a, a, a game breaker. Um, he he might be the critical interception guy. 
um, <laughs> if he makes it onto the roster. And we're still yeah. talking months away. But um, <laughs> no, I, my expectations was fielding a competitive team. At this point, right. I could say still with, you know, my my own yeah. fan wish list here. Uh, just because that wasn't met doesn't mean that the team isn't instantly thrown into contention with some of these signings yeah. right with with the coupling of mbt curly gittens jr javon right. lee uh boris Beatty. like yeah. we're talking about a bunch of all-stars and guys with pedigree yeah so bunch of argos but it's the edmonton <laughs> argonauts right now um i think every team is the argonauts this year with the way yes. <laughs> well and that's what we also talked about Crazy. yesterday was how yeah. toronto got absolutely decimated in free agency but why do you think it's because they have a good team and well, I mean, the players are looking for their worth, right? Yeah. They know that they can get paid a little bit better. And I think management at the Argonauts, like they, they did the right thing for not holding them back from getting a better opportunity. So, I mean, that speaks a lot about the team itself, right? I mean, it's unfortunate because now you see a completely decimated team <laughs> that just, yeah. Respectfully, I don't know if I'd use the word decimated. I mean, no. if they believe in their depth, yes, there's no decimation there. It's just next man up. Oh, totally. No, and I, I mean, in their in their starting roster, right? Um, well, as far as the players that we saw last right. year, <laughs> but well, yeah, and you got to remember they had a few times where they had a lead, and they were resting guys and putting them in, yeah, and putting in their backups, and this is why they gave the backups some time because. Management's not stupid. They're going to see the contracts are coming up. Paydays are coming up. It's well, just unfortunate for them they couldn't get through the 16-2 and two curse. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, it's... Uh, it. I, they're believing in their youth, much like the Edmonton Elks are also believing in their mm -hmm. youth in certain, certain roles and certain positions, right? Mm -hmm. um, It'll be interesting seeing them, watching them, to see what they come up with and how the new team kind of Fairs up to what we're used to seeing, or what we saw last year, at least. Yeah. So that's going to be exciting. Yeah. No, I think I think it's a lot more exciting, and rather than saying for how many years now this team should be good on paper, this team should make the moves. That's now the expectation this year. I think for Elks fans yeah. is playoffs bare minimum, um, especially at year three of a Chris Jones rebuild. Mm -hmm. You can't yeah. expect anything less, really. Well, like you say, and it's continuity, right? I mean, I remember last year hearing a lot about how Chris Jones was not, Chris Jones was not interested in signing anybody for one-year contracts anymore, that he wanted them for three-year contracts, you know, somebody that would stay in the team and build that chemistry and build that relationship and just take it a step farther. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is that I'm also seeing quite a few of those one-years coming back, right? So I'm not sure if there's going to be much continuity after that so yeah it it's interesting too like i i like the nfl it's just completely different for those contracts you see a lot more of those bigger contracts wouldn't you say chris yeah i think so um unfortunately the way the salaries salaries are structured in the cfl guys don't want to stay for three years four years or whatever they've got to do what they can do a lot of them are trying to get down south to the nfl and lord knows you can't blame them for that well, and what about the UFL as well? There's opportunities, just like McLeod Bethel-Thompson was down in right. the USFL mm -hmm. last season. 
for the New Orleans Breakers. Yeah. Same deal. He had, he actually went down. He had a different situ- situation, sure. But Trey Watson, Edmonton mm-hmm. Elks uh, 2022. Yeah. Yep. He went down to the St. Louis Battlehawks last year for 2023. So you you see this happen. You see, yeah, it's it's <clears throat> I I I get that there are other opportunities. But you're right, Americans. I I don't know if I'd want to commit like that out of country, right? Yeah, that's fair. It's I think it's totally fair. And <laughs> and because of the dollar, it's a the competitive market thing, right? If yeah. somebody else can pay you, you know, thirty three percent more next year, look at the Geno Lewis uh, mm-hmm. contract. Really, it's he got a significant pay increase. Yeah. And let's say the Elks don't want to pay him that going forward, or especially with how there's the uh, roster bonus cutoffs. Mm-hmm. Roster bonus cutoffs are a contributing factor, I would say, as well. Mm-hmm. And another thing you have to take into consideration for our American players is they get taxed here mm-hmm. and in the States. Right. So if you see a $250,000 contract, eh, it's not even close to what he's taking. <laughs> no. Especially in American currency, right? So. Yeah. I'm not saying most guys are destitute, but I am saying it's it's not a multi-million dollar contract situation for these fellas. So then I wonder, is that why American players, when they've played in the CFL for a couple of years, they explore living here and getting a, a permanent residency? Oh, 100%. I would say so. Um, who was it that we were just talking to that he specifically said that, that once he figured out how much he had to pay for the taxes, that he immediately moved to Canada? Is that uh, we were, Craig Ellis? Or, he might have been yeah, Craig Ellis. If been I, Craig Ellis. Nice. <laughs> right? That it was one of those that, you know, when you look at your living situation and how much you end up paying, mm-hmm. you know, you just might as well make the move. Right? Might, as, might as well. No, exactly. <laughs> but on that, has there been any news on or any announcements in terms of the coaching staff? Has Chris Jones made any announcements on that? As far as I know, haven't seen anything. Unfortunately, uh, until that happens, we I would love to have yeah. a member or two of the uh, of the staff on, but yes. we have to wait for the coaching staff to be announced. So why is Chris Jones being so mysterious right now? <laughs> well, I'm I'm better coach drivers. <laughs> <laughs> he plays he is he's famous for keeping his cars close to the vest, right? So oh yeah. It, well and Jason frustrating. worst like kept secret is that Shivers is coming over. Yeah. <laughs> but we still have to wait in suspense. So, uh, yeah, to answer your question, Catherine, I don't believe so. Chris, yeah. do you know? Do you know anything on that announcement? Probably not. Uh, nah, uh, probably as much as you, if not less. Yeah, yeah. I figured I would bring it up because I mean, everybody's just wondering, right? <laughs> everybody's yeah. still wondering. But we'll hear uh, Chris Jones, like you say, he's keeping his cards close to his chest, and we'll see when we see. But. On happier news, moving away from the uncertainty of where this team is going on paper or on the team, uh, the tailgate party is expanding in 2024, featuring 200 stalls and a reconfiguration of um, for use and a new three-hour limit. Mm-hmm. So we will talk a lot more in depth about this in the fan forum, but what are your first initial thoughts? Were you excited about it? I didn't have any complaints about it whatsoever. Yeah. Not one. I like the uh, the increase in capacity. I love the fact that the stage is off the pavement, so there's more stalls, dance floor. 
Um, yeah, I, I don't see any issues with it at all. It's a little far away from the street, but that's a small sacrifice to make. Very true. And I mean, there's a lot of pros with that as well when you have families and little kids running around. But mm -hmm. we'll revisit this topic in the fan forum. And before we uh, keep going, we do have um, what else? What else did they show? Uh, oh, the uh, so they privately showed us in that meeting because you were <laughs> in the same uh, tailgate meeting, right? Chris? Yeah. So we got to do this tailgate meeting. You were there. Um, we went down. We got to go into the locker room at Commonwealth Stadium, which was very nice. And we got to meet McLeod Bethel Thompson. But one of the most exciting parts of that. Before we get there, that, that speech that he did, that Bethel Thompson speech, it was like 30 seconds. It was just him just saying hi in like a few words. And even just listening to that, I was like, that guy's a leader. That guy knows how to talk to his team. That guy I, knows how to talk to people. I was in the meeting on the Monday, not the Saturday. So MBT had already gone home, unfortunately. Oh, that's I heard the speech was fantastic. I heard he's a likable guy. It was like left confidence in him. It was it was like two sentences, but they were so well spoken and in such a manner that I was like, I will follow that guy wherever he goes. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, sorry to interrupt. No, no, that's good. No, and that sucks, Chris. That uh, that really sucks that he wasn't sticking around till the Monday. I thought that you guys were for sure gonna get the same mm -hmm. same treatment. And I almost picked the Monday. I guess I picked the Saturday by accident because I almost had to go back and <laughs> rectify that floor. But uh no, so so on the Saturday then, um there was a lot in that meeting and I wish we could have taken pictures of certain things. Unfortunately, we were not allowed, but we were able to see the 75th anniversary badge. And we also got news of notable alumni visits this season. Um, so speaking on more so the 75th badge, like, what do you think about it without sharing too many details? Uh, like, will fans like it? Where do you think we will see this logo? Well, I imagine it's going to be put on the jersey, uh, probably shoulder, over the heart type of thing. Uh, I think that it's a beautiful logo. I really, I'm impressed with it. I'm sure not everybody's going to like it because not everybody likes everything. But uh, I thought it was apropos. It was tasteful. Eye-catching. I'm good with it. Yes. No, it is exciting. It is something new. That's the one thing that I liked. It's it's something new. It's something that I'm not sure if I would see something like that on jerseys or anything, but like even just patches or even like <coughs> stickers or even, you know, merch that people can take with them. That would be super cool for sure. And I'm I'm really excited when they unveil that and they show it to everybody. Yeah, I think I think fans are really going to like it. It is it is a really nice patch. Um more than likely, I think Chris is right with the jersey. Like every time they do the the season celebration and a uh, big anniversary, they'll go ahead and slap a patch on it. Mm -hmm. They usually do. They will more than likely do some t-shirts and some hats. Mm. I don't see why you don't oh. have to do that thing everywhere, oh, right? Gosh, that's easy money. Yeah. So, and then that's the patch. No clue on where they're officially going to throw it, but bare minimum, I would say jersey and some merchandise. Throw it on a mug. Throw it on every every piece of merchandise you possibly can. It's the one season you're going to be able to use it, and uh, yeah, it's it's going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. 
John and the Herd chat, but it's not the 75th anniversary. <laughs> it's the organization. Hey, that's yes, that's it is the that's... 75th oh, anniversary. I believe the 75th anniversary of Edmonton's football team. Which is fine. Yeah. Celebrate that. Your uh, mama's birthday is still your mama's birthday just because <laughs> your her name after marriage. Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, I wow. like that. I like that. I'm gonna have to start using that for every time that people are like, "Oh, this is a name change." Yeah, it's just a name change. The history is erased. <laughs> How long have you been married, sir? Twenty-seven years. Your wife's only twenty-seven years old. <laughs> you can't you can't cancel history based on a name change. It's silly. I like it. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Yes. Um. So for a big one today, uh, there was some. Big news. We are going to go ahead and call this a developing story. Yeah. <sighs> Lawsuit has been filed against the Toronto Argonauts and quarterback Chad Kelly. A former female staff member is alleging that she was wrongfully fired after filing a complaint about Kelly's persistent advances. This would be a repeat offense for Chad Kelly if found guilty. Or if the evidence proves the offense, I'm just gonna ask. You don't. Nobody has to throw down their opinion on this. I mean, we're not looking for anything controversial. We we do not play that game. We're not here to lambast anybody. We're just asking. We'll start with Chris. Do you have any words for this? Wait till the truth is out before you're voicing your opinion. That's my thought to myself. It's the accusations stink. It's terrible. If it happened, I'm not saying it didn't. Please, no one. Nobody knows except for the vic the alleged victim, the alleged perpetrators. Um, if it is true, it's a bad look if the Argos did go hush-hush on it. It's a bad look. Mm -hmm. Especially in today's day and age where so many teams are getting nailed for that kind of a thing. So I hope it didn't happen, but... Uh, if it did, then yeah, that's kind of what I was gonna say, right? Is in this day and age, and exactly we we've seen a lot of these accusations. We'll call them that because that's what they are until they've been proven whether guilty or innocent, right? There's there's been a lot of those lately, and I think overall is still kind of like a bad look. So my mm -hmm. first gut reaction when you showed me that article, I was like, oof, that's not a good thing for the Argos. Yeah, that was <laughs> Yeah. The the I think I think the piece that's shocking about it is the organizational piece. Um once again, I'll go ahead and say innocent until proven guilty. There's a very toxic social media culture out there cancel culture whatever you want to call it there's that side of it um we don't condone it don't like it not about that we're not here to add fuel to a fire or anything like that that's not our game um we're just here to basically speak the news on this one and then mm -hmm. give an opinion <laughs> but with the basis of innocent till proven guilty and what i would say here is based on the size of this and the people involved chad kelly who is a face of the franchise and also the face of the cfl yes. to a degree so this hurts the league 
this hurts the league at the end of the day. And and just the allegations alone are extremely damaging. Mm-hmm. Players in all any league, in any sports league, as soon as an allegation comes up, there's a suspension, there's time away, all of these things. Luckily for the Argonauts, in this situation, they aren't in the middle of the season dealing with this yeah. and having to result... Uh, sorry, having the result of on, poor on-field play. Yeah. So... At least there is time to gather truth and to gather evidence. And should the evidence see this through and see that the allegations are true, then just like Chris said, this would be such a red X on such a black mark on the Toronto Argonauts, especially in the years of success. You have momentum as a brand, which the Argonauts have not had momentum with their brand. Even with Ricky Ray, they still struggled to get butts in the seats, and that was a hard decline as soon as Ricky mm-hmm. Ray was gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, McLeod Bethel-Thompson, he was still balling out, but they weren't ever able to regain any sort of momentum as a business and with fans in the seats. So, darn shame. Darn shame to see the allegations today. I wish that this didn't happen. I hope justice prevails and that's uh innocent until proven guilty i think that's mm-hmm. the thing that people need to remember about this of course and yeah. I think it's 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 one of those very tricky situations though because you nailed it just by saying that that you know in this day and age with the social media world that we live in people will make their assumptions as soon as information like that comes out so John here, he says, you know, fans are turning on Chad Kelly and the Toronto Argos on social media and people are going as far as canceling season tickets already. Right. So that's unfortunate when you hear about that. But it's also a very like nowadays reaction. Like I'm, I'm curious how people are canceling their season tickets when the news just broke this afternoon and they're too hours oh, ahead. They might be threatening to cancel their season tickets yeah. on social media because that's a thing, right? And I think that's one of those situations that we have to be mindful of. Same thing, innocent until proven guilty. But unfortunately, there's always going to be people, especially in social media, especially on platforms like X, that people will get opinions. They will form opinions right off the get-go and they will go with those and land bass teams, land bass organizations, land bass members. And it's uh, very unfortunate to see. And I think that is the point. That is what makes me feel extra bad for the Argos is because now their reputation has been tarnished already without even being, you know, it, without them figuring out whether it's true or not. Yeah. So. No, it's it's the it's the allegation, yeah. right? That's that that's step one. When that hammer drops, like immediately, everybody sharing that news. Everybody is is it, it it's a captivating story now. And unfortunately, the CFL and the Toronto Argonauts victim Chad Kelly, a lot of people involved with this. So, um, we don't have the news. We're not going to break the news on this until a verdict. Like there, there's nothing for us to break. That's not our team. We don't. We don't have eyes on that. Uh, once the verdict drops, I'm sure that like we might talk about it. But past yeah. this, I mean, that's all that we got to say on on this matter for sure. 
breaking news. It just a good. <laughs> it was just a really good excuse to pull out the breaking news uh, music for once. No, this is, so far this is just a civil accusation, correct? It's not a legal accusation. It's not a legal accusation. So it's yeah. just civil, and it, she's just she's suing them for wrongful terminate and dismissal, really yeah. she wasn't dismissed or terminated um her contract wasn't renewed that's the thing too so her contract wasn't renewed and mm. she claimed that it was based on this incident that happened so mm -hmm. um three down nation shout out to those guys they're always good for coverage uh go check out the article there they have the details uh tsn i believe also has it there's a couple places that have it uh you can go find it uh if you want the hard details yeah not our shtick but what our shtick is, is Edmonton sports. So, <laughs> guys, we got to give you that Edmonton sports update. Today's sports <laughs> update is brought to you by Herdy's. New stall, same meat. No. Catch Herdy's in a new spot this year, serving our fan favorite smoked pork belly sandwiches. Herdy's, we smoked the meats. <laughs> uh, I love it. All right, guys. The Edmonton Oilers are on a back-to-back -back homestand this weekend. First, they face the Wild uh, at 7 p.m., and then a Battle of Alberta against Calgary at 8 p.m. All of that action is happening at Rogers Place. After a quick trip down to Lethbridge, the Oil Kings host another edition of Family Fun Sunday when Wenatchee comes to town. What will be the 20th consecutive sellout show, LPW23 will put on a great show to match what is arguably the greatest wrestling promo ever edited. LPW will be held at Rec Room South Common on Friday night. And the Sherwood Park Crusaders are also holding a big event on Friday with Pride Night coming to Randy Rosen Rink, featuring the Edmonton Rage ball hockey team. Puck drop is at 7 p.m. Mountain. Where the Elks are, you're up to date. And affiliates, uh, let's talk about Royal Retros. RoyalRetros.com. Some of the most sick throwback jerseys you will ever find. Uh, just like, where's that Here, sick? I'll show you. I'll show you. <gasps> oh, that is slick. 75th season. Get you one. You got to get one. Make sure you save 10% by using code shotgun sports. No spaces. All caps. Shotgun sports for that 10% off over at royalretros.com. That then, looks a lot like the uh, Green Bay Packers jersey. But the, it's got I the gold hope. numbering. It's got the classic <laughs> gold numbering. Um, speaking of jerseys, Fanatics, right? Mm -hmm. um, hit the link. Shop online with Shotgun Sports Network and Fanatics. You know Fanatics. They're one of the biggest. Uh, go check them out. Fanatics.com. Uh, use our link, though. Use our link for sure. That's how we get the hit. And then uh, Lather. Guys, Canadian handmade soap. Canada. It's soap. It's natural. And I've never been a soap guy in my life. He has I... never smelled so good. Yeah. <laughs> what? Not saying it. Don't worry about it. Keep going. <laughs> Lather. <laughs> shotgun 20. Use code, use code shotgun 20 to save yourself 20% off. No spaces. Shotgun 20. Uh, lather they're hooking it up 
they want me to smell better apparently so thank you uh chris <laughs> and Catherine. you guys are gems and uh i only have to shake your hand once every couple of weeks she's like <laughs> do so I'm okay. Uh, I appreciate the slather, Catherine. Thank you very much. <laughs> hey, you know what? That tailgate, it gets hot and sweaty out there after a very long tailgating day. It's going to be six hours of events down at Commonwealth Stadium. So get yourself some lather. I love it. Wash that stank off after the game. <laughs> and, you know, then that way uh, Chris can shake my hand and I'm not going to smell like garbage every time. <laughs> Love it. Oh, it's awesome. Uh, once again, guys, thanks a ton for tuning in tonight to season two, episode five, four, four. episode four. That's right. Episode <laughs> four of the Elks call. Uh, it's huge wherever you're listening or watching from X YouTube. Uh, YouTube is shotgun sports network, by the way, like, and subscribe, please. We hit one fifty on our subscribers today. It's, that's amazing. Um, it, like we've been gaining a subscriber a day lately. I love it. Shout out Ryan Messer killing it on his coverage <laughs> for the Birmingham Stallions down south. And... You know, it feels. I was just talking about this before we started the show, but my kids love watching YouTube channels, and there's one kid that they just do, you know, Minecraft playing. He's like, I would like to give a shout out to my followers. We just reached 10 million followers. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. <laughs> here we are working oh. our day jobs and podcasting <laughs> at night. And, you know, I'm going to show my age here, but uh, I'm blown away. 10 million people want to watch video games right. that they're not playing. Correct. Correct. <laughs> very, yes. Very much so. I mean, yeah. I guess it's not that much of a stretch from watching pro sports on TV, but video games? I don't know, man. I'm like, old. Go play, go play them yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I mean, that's why it's even more astonishing. We have 150 subscribers over exactly. at Shotgun Sports Network. So uh, <laughs> you guys are listening to us, tuning in to us. So we appreciate you. Yes, now, appreciate you too, Chris, for being here. Um, hey, I appreciate you for having me. Hey, dude, we have the best segment coming up. Your <laughs> opinion is going to be extremely needed in this one. Because we are we are opening up the fan forum. Uh, today's fan forum is brought to you by the Winnipeg Terminal Podcast. Prepare for takeoff as Mike and Joe give you the latest on the Jets and the Blue Bombers. Wheels up. You can find that exclusively on Shotgun Sports Network. We are opening up the fan forum. In this segment, we talk about hot topics surrounding the Edmonton Elks and the CFL as a whole. Heard chat. You know what to do. Blow up the herd chat so we can get your comments on to the show. We are already going to have to scroll back to catch a bunch of those comments, uh, but we'll try to get to as many as we possibly can. Catherine, uh -huh. you want to take it away with question number one? Sure. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> had to hold that one. This you're good. Out you're good. You're good. Oh. Uh, the Edmonton Alex have recently made the decision to move the tailgate party over to Lobby. We kind of you know, hinted towards these at the beginning of our show. Uh, but now we have a fan park um, and parking. In, well, well, we'll have the fan park in Lot B together with the tailgate and then parking moved to Lot A where the tailgate used to be. So while the move brings a better environment, some fans are disgruntled, of course, about the rising costs and possibly losing a favorite spot that they have been for very many years. So 
do you think, well, you already said that you thought it was a good thing that uh, the tailgating is moving to lot B, but can you elaborate on that? Can you tell me a little bit more as to why you think it's a good, good thing? Well, my biggest thing is the team's always looking to build exposure. And the best way to do that is tailgating. There are people that don't even go into the stadium after they're done tailgating. They just continue to crack a brew, eat a burger, and chat in the parking lot or in the tailgate spots, right? So it's a huge thing. Anybody can come do it. It doesn't cost you any money to visit. The more exposure, the better. I'm all for it. I really, I, one thing I'm really impressed with, I, uh, I don't know if anybody, I, I brought props. Mm -hmm. so you can see that. This is what we were given at the meeting. And uh, there we go. I'm backwards. But compare that to the old lot. Yes. Absolutely no comparison. It's more of a more of an in the round type of thing rather than a hallway of two rows of parking stalls, right? So, but now my question is, uh, especially on the topic of exposure, right? Right before when we were in lot A, people were still having a hard time finding the tailgate or they didn't even know that it was there. Mm -hmm. Right, they would just go straight from the LRT or wherever they parked into the stadium, and they were not really aware that there was something going on in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. To lot B, it seems like that's going to be a little bit more hidden now. What do you think? You know, what can be done to increase that even more exposure in the sense that people can see that they can come in and be part of this experience and not think that it's a private party that you have to maybe pay to get into or something like that. Well, I'd like to see some signage. I'm not going to lie. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of foot traffic coming off the LRT, coming off the buses. Maybe there's some signage saying head to the southwest corner of the stadium yeah. before you head inside. It really, it would <clears throat> really help the exposure. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. And like, like there's going to be a lot to dig into here. Um, like John has a good question about this in the herd chat, but Something that has been talked about. I think he actually did mention it, if we scroll up, uh, having to do with the LRT. But you're right. The uh, They had the fan fest over on that side. They're probably going to continue that, right? But there is an issue with getting over to the tailgate from the LRT. From the LRT, it's, it's directly opposite if it's in lot A. But if it's in lot B... You can take a shortcut and make it over to the LRT rather, or from the LRT to the tailgate rather quickly. Right. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that it is going to be closer. I also like the in the round. We just, once again, something else that we mentioned on EST yesterday, I mentioned on EST. The in the round, it's now like a festival in there. Mm -hmm. It's now like a, like a carnival, I think was the, the term that they use. Instead of having this long, sprawled, spread out two hallways or two two giant rows of parking is how I described it with an extra, you know, half one there on the side. <laughs> and I, I had actually mentioned you. So when I was talking about you coming on the show, I described you as being in the boonies compared to where we were. <laughs> and really, right? Bit. Even though you were only, what, two rows and like five stalls over or something like that, it still felt like you were in the boonies because yeah tailgating it's not like you look over and you're like hey joe how's it going hey glenn how's it going no it's yeah. you're you're in your stall and especially if you're serving people you're kind of locked in so for us we don't get to see everybody we don't get mm -hmm. to walk around and visit and 
I, we could, we can. It's not like anybody is holding a gun to our <laughs> head and we're stuck in our spot. But no, we prefer to hand out as much smoked meats as possible. Mm -hmm. And then if there's an alumni signing, we'll try to get in early, mm -hmm. which three hours, the three hours before is absolutely massive. The fact that they changed it to the three hours before, as a, uh, before the game as opposed to two hours before the game, with the alumni signings, there's going to be a lot of people leaving that tailgate early. I think so. Probably. I mean, yes, 100%. I mean, I already said it ourselves. We said it ourselves that when that is happening, we are definitely closing down early. Well, what, what happens right when now. Warren Moon comes? If, yeah, if, if Warren Moon comes, right? Yeah. I mean, I sure hope he does. We'll and see we'll, what happens. We'll be there. We'll be there. Hurdy's shut down. I'm just Doesn't out here. Matter. <laughs> I'm out here like expecting Warren Moon to show up because it's the 75th. Um, I pray, man. Um, I would see this season. Like, what what alumni do you think would show up this season? Oh, I'd like to think they try and get uh, whoever is uh, close enough slash able to from every era of the team. Yeah, right. that'd be cool. That would be great. I mean, I uh... if Michael Riley shows up, Scout's gonna cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that's that's another one. I really, really hope uh, they get a hold of my Michael Riley for sure. I I hear that he's actually really hard to get a hold of. Yeah. Um, I did actually hear that Tom Brady would get a hold of him. No, not Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers. Is it? Oh, well, yeah. I thought it was Tom Brady. No, I showed, I showed you Game of Thrones. Uh, I showed don't you Game matter. of Thrones. <laughs> um. <laughs> But for alumni, yeah, I mean, I'm really hoping for, like, Mike Riley. I'm hoping for Warren Moon. I'm hoping for, uh, like, Tom Wilkinson. I'm sure that he'll make an appearance at Commonwealth Stadium. Because mm -hmm. uh, he just shows, he shows up. Uh, Jody brings him, brings him yeah. down. And uh, it was great. We got to meet him. So thankful we got to meet him already. Uh, so if he, does, if he does do an alumni signing, I guess we're not overly hard-pressed on that one. But, like, let's see. Like. If Warren Moon shows up, I'd like to see the attendance for that game. <laughs> like what? Did, like what do you think? Do you think the the upper bowl would open for that one, Chris? Well, I'm hoping. I'm desperate to see that upper bowl open again. Um, for the record, I'm for the upper bowl being closed. I know it's an inconvenience for a lot of people. I know it's very disappointing for people who have sat in their seats for decades. Yeah. Um, but football isn't a good football atmosphere if you can stretch out your arms and legs like a starfish across the seats and not kick someone in the head. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's been it's been sad. So uh I love what Lawlisher is doing with that uh the lower deck. I think it's a smart business decision, one hundred percent. And I've mentioned, it, I've mentioned that before. I feel like for a lot of fans, it's just going to be a challenge now. Yeah. Of let's see how many times we can open up that upper bowl. <laughs> upper bowl. Yeah. So I don't know. We may see a bigger attendance just for the sake of stubborn E fans that want that back. <laughs> you know. So. Well, and yeah. what would be really cool too is like. What would be really cool as well is if they opened up a couple of sections in the upper bowl and fans ran with it. Yeah. Like they want to get back in that upper bowl. So like you said, just run with it and just out of angst, let's open this <laughs> sucker up. Angst and anger. And well, and that kind of ties in with the tailgate experience too, right? Because I feel like 
now that they're trying to reach a much younger demographic, because they're realizing that now that gap is starting to show of the older generation that used to go to the games that are now slowly not going to the games, mm -hmm. now you don't have the same uh, engagement from the younger generation, right? So they have to be able to bring something into the plate that will attract a lot of these youngins <laughs> to mm -hmm. want to go to a football game. And what better idea than a tailgate party, yeah, right? Exactly. You have a whole bunch of 20-year-olds that <laughs> won nothing but a good time, you know, increase that, you know, make them, let them know that this is happening. Let them know that this is available, that they can come in and have a good time. And there's going to be a fan park and there's going to be performances and there's yep. going to be vendors and it's going to be a carnival, like you called it. <clears throat> and you're going to start seeing a lot more of these young people coming in and wanting to go see the game. Yeah, right? absolutely. I mean, my, uh, my number two nephew is uh, now a season ticket holder. He's 14, 13 years old. Nice. And once I explained to him what the tailgate party was and the game and everything going on before and afterwards, he was all for it. Yes. All Welcome for to it. So I, I think the youth movement is going to grow. Yes. It, well, it's going to grow. I mean, it's, it's among the best bang for your buck as far as entertainment in Edmonton. Very much. Oh, yes. Going to an Oilers game Ugh. is fun, but you go there for that period of time, you watch the game, and then you leave. Yeah. Right? The entertainment that you get is the game itself, not everything else going around you. Going mm -hmm. on. Right? Uh, Edmonton Elks game, when you have things like this, and you can make a full day event yeah. out of it. Yes. You know, for the entire family. Like, what is not to like for like a quarter of the price, really? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? um, by the way, for alumni that people, fans want to see John here, Eskimo alumni Nanook, you'd like to see Nanook make a return for the I'd be for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there, there wouldn't be any issues bringing Nanook back. No. I think I think they mostly got rid of Nanook because Spike came in, right? Yeah. I would say. It was part of the name change thing to distance himself from the, the, no, the controversy that I don't want to get into. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. Yeah, moving rate along. But no, um, what I would ask is let's go up in the herd chat here all the way back to the beginning because I think there was actually a tailgate. There's, uh, Did they announce, uh, Elks announce anything? Nice. Okay, here it is. There is one of them. Um, question here. Did they announce anything? Uh, are the Elks going to do anything to stop people from using the tailgate spots? As a personal parking spot? Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, yes, there is a couple of things. So believe it or not, I had actually asked the exact same question <laughs> at the tailgate meeting. So great question, John. I think it's a fantastic one. Um, we we grilled them because we're sick of Law 43 parking. I'll call y'all Law 43. You guys just park. I don't care. And it was once. They just parked once. They tailgated they once. Not, yeah. They tailgated once. They parked a couple of times and a whole bunch of times they did not even show up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, so what they're going to do is an hour before the game, they're going to do a soft cutoff. So if you're just rolling in, you're probably rarely seen in the tailgate. Passes getting, ta uh, pa uh, the, your pass is getting passed around. 
if that's the scenario, they'll be able to figure it out. They're not going to let you in at around an hour. Mm-hmm. Now, if you plead your case and you do indeed tailgate and they know that, well, they'll give you the pass and let you in at, at around, you know, 45 to an hour. 45 minutes before the game, you will not be able to get into the tailgate parking spot. Yeah, I'm so thankful for that, too, because that was a bit of a problem last year. I had some friends. Well, we have mutual friends. They had people that would come in 30 minutes before the game trying to weasel their way in around cornhole games and kids running around playing. It's like, no, no, no. Go to the garage. Go to the gar- Go to Stadium Auto. They charge for parking. Go there. Get out of the tailgate zone. No. Yes. I'm not I, even I'm not even gonna be nice about it. It's not a parking lot, it's a tailgate lot. Get with it or get out. That's exactly <laughs> I think that was such a smart idea to move the parking to lot A. Mm-hmm. Not only is it more accessible for people yeah. parking, you know, it is a nice spot. You can get right out from the um, stadium, right into that parkade, super easy. Yeah. And you don't have to come into the area with the tailgate where the tailgate is actually going on, right? So right, yeah. I, it it's was, nice it to drive great. behind Clark to get to your access too. I think I think the access is a lot better. Being able to just drive behind Clark uh, now that one hundred seventh access, you you're not trapped to the one one eleventh access now. Yeah. The one hundred seventh, you're a little bit deeper into the city. I get it, but I've kind of always liked driving that way more. I don't know why. <laughs> Call me weird. Well, and it's safer too. Because once again, there's families and kids running around. You don't want to be worried about cars coming in and, you know, having to pack everything that you just put out so that a car can get through. Um, mm-hmm. Just close it up. It, it really, yeah, no, I think all around good feelings about this. John <laughs> has a question here. What are they using uh, in Clark Park for the season? Is that where they said they're going to do the family fest? No. That's... Yes, they're doing renovations right now, if I yep. remember correctly. Correct. So it's going to be closed down for quite a few of those games. But then that's when they're going to be putting a whole bunch of, um, like, a picnic area. It's going to be more towards that uh, that side. And also, I think, like, some sort of festival or something. Yeah, I think they said sure. I think they said it was going to be, like, a family, a family fest. Yeah. I could be wrong. Um, I do remember them saying that there's going to be a lot of renovations for Clark Park and Clark Stadium this summer, so you might not be able to get into that quite easily, and that's why I think they moved a whole bunch of different things, too. Yeah. Like the daycare part of it. (laughs) The drop your kids off while dad goes and watches football. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that the knothole gang? Um, Yeah. Uh, used to be. <laughs> used to be. Uh, scroll on up. Do we got uh, all? Oh, do you think all two hundred? Um, do you think all two hundred stalls are going to be filled with the new prices for the spots? Yeah. So yes. Yeah, so the new price is a very good question. The new stall pricing is going to be four hundred bucks, and if you want a premium spot, it's five hundred bucks. But the premium spots are only available. If you have had season tickets basically since Clark days, well, yeah, they're they're going with a seniority. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They've seniority decided. Rule. Yeah, they've ran seniority rule, uh, just like uh, Chris and yourself, Kathy, uh, have said. It's it's good. I think that I would have preferred to see a lottery system, but that's just because I I don't get the <laughs> premium spot. Um, that's when you make friends with 
you know, the ones that have been there since the days back. Sure, <laughs> but, but, but Shadow Colin Bartman. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing with this. Um, I had a good train of thought. They do have a lot more partner stalls yep. surrounding now, right on either side of the stage. So mm-hmm. see how that goes, I, I can foresee K97 and Spirit of Edmonton potentially landing in there. Don't quote us on it. Don't know that. Um, no clue, but I could see that. Um, I did. I did forget my train of thought on that. So um, it is what it is. You had something to say, though, Chris. <laughs> I was just mentioned the premium stalls. I love the fact that it's just a single row. Um, for myself, I don't want one. I'd rather be in the heart of it all. Um, if I can bring that map up again, I mean, if this is the stadium here, it is. Yeah. The premium stalls are these green ones here, yeah. way at the other end. So. Eh, I'm okay without a premium stall. Well, and that's I think what this I was... would be nice for like families that have a lot of kids that they can mm-hmm. just go in the back and just use that green space. But I mean, it doesn't matter. It's not like it's a massive parking lot that the kids still can't run over to the green space and play, right? So I, I do agree. I do agree on that. No, no, but th- they are bigger though. They're bigger stalls. So if you have a bigger um, truck. Or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. The only well, I didn't know there were bigger spots. I didn't know that. A little bit more space. That's one. Okay. When we went to that meeting, uh, Scout parked exactly where he wanted <laughs> to be. <laughs> one of the things that we did notice with a couple of our friends from there, the Smiths, mm-hmm. is that they were saying, yeah, my truck is not going to fit in any of these stalls over here. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah, If I understand, ahead. if I remember correctly, they're going to be having a a limit on what kind of vehicle you can have there as well. Yeah. You, can't, you can't pull your RV in there. It's, it's no. Not- <laughs> no. I think they were saying that they needed the truck because they have like six kids or something. Right. Yeah. Like they have so many kids that they have to roll around with, you know, <laughs> a boat essentially. But <laughs> And here uh, I am with a minivan and I don't have kids. Hey, <laughs> nothing wrong with minivans. You can park in the tailgate, man. You're good. They're super fuel. That's why, it, that, that's why I have it now. I can fit the barbecue in the tent and everything in there. No problem. Yes. You could even <laughs> sleep in there without a problem. Oh, that's never happened. but yeah let's talk about the second topic if you want to bring it up second topic um jamie we did see your question in the herd chat we are actually going to talk about that at the end of the fan forum um but the second topic almondo sewell d-line Wanted really was hoping that he would join the team. It looks like his demand is actually up there and he may have outpriced himself from the Edmonton Elks a little bit, which is he's a great cup champion as of again, as of last year. So it's two, two or three, two time, I believe two times. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dave Campbell on Twitter said in an effort to end any sort of speculation, the Elks are not one of the three teams in on Almondo Sewell. Chris Jones is sticking with the youth movement on the D line for now something that we've already mentioned and <laughs> something that Chris Jones has come out and once again stated mm-hmm. he will not be any more of a player in free agency. There may be one signing, one or two signings. It, hey, it could be a Mondo Sewell, but <laughs> biggest question here, Chris is, are you as a fan, are you happy with the team fielded? Do you think that, this team is 
a playoff contender in 2024. Is it a playoff contender in 2024? Yes, it is. Uh, I think we made better strides than uh, Calgary has. I think we've made, and that's the one team we've really got to keep our eye on. Because let's face it, BC's up there, Winnipeg's up there. Saskatchewan's definitely up there, unless the unless the stadium caves in on them. That that team is uh, top two in the division. No two ways about it. Wow, but, that's a big stake. <laughs> I don't see how it couldn't be. Yeah, the Argonauts were sixteen and two as well. And we thought they were going to win the Red Cup. So, <laughs> well, and we come around every year saying, you know, they look really good on paper. They yeah. look really good on paper. <laughs> Who picked Montreal to win the Great Cup at the back at the beginning of the year last year? I know I didn't. <laughs> yeah, very, no, very I, I don't think halfway through the season nobody was betting on Montreal to win the Great Cup. As we okay. say, any given Sunday especially in the CFL any given Sunday. We got lots of those on the schedule this yeah. year. Yeah. Very thrilled about those Sunday games. But, yeah, um, yeah I, I don't see how this team – and, I, like, I just don't see how they, how they miss the playoffs. And if they do, like, if this team starts on a nasty streak of 0-6 or 0-8, 0-4 even, at 0-4, because we just played this game yesterday – the schedule goes Saskatchewan, Montreal, Toronto, and BC, or BC and Toronto, right. something like that. So it's a hard, hard start of the season. Horrible start to the season, except for that Saskatchewan game. So for the second year in a row, the Edmonton Elks have to win against Saskatchewan to kickstart their season. And if they don't, they risk another nasty losing streak. This team has to prove that it actually improved over the offseason. Mm-hmm. The the only thing the only thing that makes me really cautious is all the moves that were made. We're essentially another brand new team. How much time is it going to take for them to build enough chemistry and to understand exactly what is happening as a team? And is that going to affect those initial games? Now, at the same time, I I think I mentioned this, you know, a couple of times, a couple of weeks ago or even before that, that I did feel that with a lot of the signings, we were making this an MBT team, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) We were were signing people around our quarterback, which is not necessarily a bad thing because then we know that they have chemistry already built and they can take that, what they had before, and apply it to the Edmonton Elks. Mm Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they now have to work under new management, under with new teammates, under new coaches. How is that going to affect it? And it makes me very cautious, right? I don't know how that's going to affect the team right up again. I'm thinking like any team, be it a football team, being a work team, being any type of uh, physical cooperation, so long as you go in with a hardworking and positive attitude, they can do it. Right. They've got the leaders in place. We know the players will run through a wall for Jones. And for what I understand, MBT is the kind of leader that you want to run, a th- run through a wall for as well. So uh, I, I, was- wanted to. I wanted to when, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. I think the, the building stones are there. Mm hmm. I mean, there's there's changes in a team every year. Um, I think uh, regarding the quarterback room, 
a lot of fans were right upset it wasn't Trey Ford starting, and I get it. I want to see the excitement of Trey Ford. I want to see those mind-blowing runs. But you know what I want to see more? A strong passing game and wins. Mm-hmm. Winning solves everything. <laughs> what? And don't get me wrong. I got nothing against Trey Ford. I love watching the guy play. Never met the guy. I don't know him. But he's exciting as hell to watch. He's an amazing athlete to watch. But all the excitement in the world doesn't mean a damn thing if you start 0-4. Yep. No, that's simple. Give me W's. As a fan, as a season seat holder, give me W's. I don't care who's starting. Give me W's. Well, and just like we've talked about on a previous episode of the Elks Call, it's it's the seventy fifth season. It's your best opportunity as a name that has a bad identity right now. The Edmonton Elks. Mm-hmm. It's a name that is synonymous with losing and losing streaks and all this. So it's this also Chris Jones' third year in this third, position. Third year in a rebuild, <laughs> and I think we've been rebuilding for four. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, we're at that point. Well, three really, three. Yeah, sure, yeah. but. No matter what, either way that you look at it, the 75th season is the biggest opportunity you have to tie together all of your branding. Um, The Edmonton Elks to the Edmonton Eskimos. Mm -hmm. You have to tie that brand together. I get that Chris Jones just has his job to do and everything else, and I'm sure (laughs) that he feels a ton of heat right now. I'm sure he is feeling the, the, the breath on his neck to get these wins. But the Edmonton Elks in that first four games, they need at least one win. And can, something to consider success would be two wins. Mm-hmm. Two wins in that nasty four-game start. So they, They've got to be 500 going into Labor Day. Yep. Yep, absolutely. No, mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. They say yeah. the real season starts on Labor Day, whatever. Um, but they've got to be 500 to get in there. We got to be going into Calgary with confidence that we're going to beat those guys in McMahon. And then they've got to build that confidence in the first two thirds of the year. That it, it, it's not even negotiable. That confidence, that winning culture, has to be built in the first nine games. Well, and that's where having a leader of men, having an MBT, somebody that's walking and saying, "Yeah, we're going to run this town." You know, it's you need that kind of guy in that position to command that team Mm -hmm. Uh, i have a really really good feeling about the offense this year i have a bad feeling about the defense but in most scenarios you can outscore your problems in this scenario right where in football you can also throw the ball away too and have them score on you with an interception now mbt is not an interception machine one thing to keep in mind, though, is that we still have the draft coming up. We have the CFL draft. And the combine. And what do we have? First pick. I can tell you something else we have. Jones. Uh, yeah. You know, I like Darius Bratton. You know, those guys have been turning up last year. So mm-hmm. losing Serezna was a definite kick. But, uh, hey, we got Gittins out, Gittins out of it. Mm-hmm. Ratio breaker. History mm-hmm. with MBT. Mm-hmm. Sure, the D-line's questionable. But you know what? I'll be happy as anything if they prove me dead wrong that they're questionable. <laughs> and it, see, it's uh, with that one, it's it, 
we heard that Sean Oakman was potentially coming our way, and we, you know, we kind of were, were told that we were going to fill that spot. We have the opportunity to fill it in the Canadian CFL combine or draft, sorry, combine then draft. But the two O line guys that are up at number one and number two in the scouting bureau, unfortunately, will for us will more than likely be going directly to the NFL as opposed mm-hmm. to. So that means we lose a year or two of potentially getting to play that player. It does work. Um, now, when those players come from the NFL, they still need development, be becoming a starter. So what we found is just like Matthew Betts, right? Matthew Betts, he played for Edmonton for, I believe, two years. Um, mediocre play, mediocre team, mediocre grading, whatever. And then he goes to BC and he becomes an all-star stud that is now, now he's going mm-hmm. down to the NFL Detroit Lions. So yeah, I don't think we'll see him back in the CFL, to be honest with you. Probably not. He's an absolute stud. I knew what we got when we had him. Yeah. It was confusing why it wasn't working out the way that it was. It was more than likely just because the team was not competitive and wasn't able to support him either. And coaching philosophy has a lot to do with it as well. That's the other thing. Coaching philosophy has a Mm -hmm. lot to do with it. And, and whatever style was happening in BC and whatever they were coaching him, it was, it was clicking. So, um, Good question. Uh, before we open, uh, sorry, f- before we close the fan forum, wish we had a part two. Uh, before we close the fan forum, let's take a look at this question here in the herd chat by Jamie. He had asked, do you think it would be good to have more get togethers with season ticket holders in the off season? So what he's referring to here is the CFL fans fight cancer event that just my favorite out. event baby <laughs> great that so that was our first inaugural uh chris can you please tell us you probably know a little bit more about the history on this can you tell us um bit? i'm relatively new to it um for those that are watching that don't know what the cfl fans fight cancer is it's an organization of cfl fans uh come one come all everyone is welcome um we raise funds for a local cancer center in the Grey Cup host city. So last year we had it in Hamilton. I believe if I'm wrong, uh, please forgive me, but it was the Wellwood Cancer Center in uh, Hamilton. So it's a big fundraiser we do. There's a silent auction the day before Grey Cup. We essentially take over a bar or hall, cram in 350 crazy CFL fans, drink our faces off, eat our faces off, buy a whole bunch of stuff and raise some money. Nice. So that's the big, that's the big Grey Cup event. And like you said, mm-hmm. you're raising money for that Grey Cup city. Uh, they're get one of their cancer centers now or the, you know, or can, uh, organization now. Edmonton, we we had the opportunity to start our first inaugural CFL fans fight cancer event. Um, it was successful. Turf District, uh, yourself, you and Turf District were basically hosting it. We obviously jumped on board with a little bit of promo and marketing duties. And then uh, we also got to supply a, a prize package, which uh, it actually featured tickets for an LPW and... Um, LPW, Love Pro Wrestling, and Clandestine mm-hmm. Wrestling Society. Uh, they had a crossover event tonight 
on a Thursday night down at Rec Room, I believe. There's some tickets in there, a loud cup. We we want to get that building loud. So it was really cool that we got to supply a package. The Elks supplied a package. Our good friend Janelle with that with that cake. That cake looked delicious. What a beautiful cake, wasn't it? Oh, just delicious. Oh, man. It looked delicious. I wish I could have some of it. Some of it. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's gone. It went to Sylvan Lake and it was gone after the first night. <laughs> uh, I'm sure. And then she still also brought her boozy cupcakes as well, which were delicious. They were. Yeah. Uh, they always are. They always are. It was like cinnamon cinnamon toast crunch or something oh like that. Oh my goodness. I, oh. I bought a uh, 12 pack to myself that night as well. So. <laughs> nice, right on. Well worth every penny. There's not a lot. <laughs> Good. Every time. No, it was uh, it was a fantastic event. I want to say it was around two, two and a half, three hours. A silent auction. What was it? Two around two hundred dollars for a signed Warren Moon picture, which three hundred, three hundred, three hundred. Thank you, thank you. I thought, see, I thought I heard one ninety, and I'm like, that's low. That's way too low. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. I th I know Mick, Ozzy, and uh, Kimberly were. Uh, I think it was Kimberly. We're betting back and forth, and she wanted. I believe the winning bid was three hundred dollars. Yes, Kim, it. friend of the herd. Yes, so she good. she ended up uh, winning that. Mm -hmm. um, thank you for correcting me on the price, but three hundred dollars. That's a good chunk of money for for cancer research, mm -hmm. and it's a really good deal on a signed Warren Moon yes. memorabilia piece. Like it has yes. the pin in it and everything. It was beautiful. Mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, so fantastic. Uh, raised around a thousand dollars i think at that event at that event yeah nationwide uh we raised uh i believe it's just over seven thousand dollars so that puts them over 15 percent towards the goal 40 grand that's awesome boom so if anybody wants to know where to donate what i'm going to do when we're done here tonight i'm going to pin all that information to the top of my twitter feed x feed cool. and uh, then everybody feed off that at bear paw chris Awesome at, at Bear Paw Chris. Um, awesome, can't wait. It will be pinned over on the top of that profile. Um, I it's wish such we a good initiative. I'm so glad that Edmonton got on board with that because we, I became really aware of that event in Toronto, yeah, with um Ginger Argo because he's a big well, big and he did the it. he did a huge tailgating thing for Very it, right? So, so it was. Yeah. Yes. Grab some smoked chicken, throw mm -hmm. in a five or ten or twenty, yes. whatever, and donate. And I, I would love it if we could get the QR code. Uh, Chris, can you please send it to me after? So that I will do that. I'll pin it at the top of my uh, profile with the website, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, that'd be uh, awesome. Because then that way we can we can open it up. Uh, let's say under even affiliates, we can just be mm -hmm. like, oh, hey, donate CFL fans fight cancer. That's yes. great. Thanks, man. Appreciate yeah. that. Marcia McNaughton out in Vancouver, I believe, is the one that arranged the QR code to make it easy for everybody coast to coast. Nice. The, 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 we, I was contacted by Adam, Toronto Argonaut superfan Adam Goss, and he wanted to do this CFL Family Summit and put some funds towards uh, CFL fans fight cancer. So uh, the credit really goes to Adam for starting this thing. So we had uh, seven communities across the country that jumped in, jumped in on this. So not too bad, not too bad at all. Averaging a thousand dollar donation per per gathering. Yeah, exactly um, per gathering. And and see uh, that just brings back to the question that Jamie asked. We should have a lot more of these events for season ticket holders off season to get together. 
drink our faces off, eat our faces off, and donate for a good cause. Totally. Yeah, yeah I think a, a pre another preseason won't be a good idea. Yes. Yeah, and uh, another preseason one that would be good, and then even. Uh, even even outside of a CFL uh, CFL FC uh, FFC yeah FFC outside of one of those events we did the tailgate thing as well right we all went mm -hmm. to the middle <laughs> of winter tailgate yeah so it, it's always great seeing this the CFL family outside of game days and outside of the usual strictly sports gathering. Mm -hmm. And everybody misses football during the off season, right? So that just gives us an opportunity to kind of get a little bit closer to it. Yeah, just a little bit. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> and even John here uh, did the Elks announce Fan Day yet? No, they haven't. No. Actually, is it on that calendar? No, I don't think no, it's on that. No, calendar, they haven't no. announced it yet. I don't think. Um, not sure. At the meeting, Adam Dom was talking about it. I believe it's happening in May. Okay. Oh, yeah, nice! It's still early. Nice. Someone See, else maybe yeah. wrong. Don't quote me on it. That's not gospel, but uh, I'm pretty sure that's when it's happening. Nice. Someone else it closer to the day. I mean, it would be pretty bad if they didn't. Let's just put it that way. Like, it would be a oh. bad look if they didn't put it on this year. So, <laughs> day is really, really important. It gives the it gives is. everybody a chance to join. I mean, even though the tickets are affordable, there's a lot of people that can't afford to go to games. Yeah. Fan day is an affordable opportunity to get the you know get the young lads and, and girls in the stadium, get to experience what's going on, meet some of the players. So I'm really hoping they do it. Oh, it's one of the biggest events for the grassroots movement. It's yes, something that yes, it, it's something that truly brings the community to the organization, connects those bridges, and actually fosters those relationships that mm -hmm. end up lasting years. Mm -hmm. The kids, you know, we've talked about it multiple times, but mm -hmm. kids love it. Kids eat they it up so and they become fans fun. for life. Yeah. They have so much fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it takes me back to the old Carnival of Champions days. I don't know if you guys were here for that. But I uh, love it. God, I miss that. What a, what a great sense of community, but uh, I don't know if it'll ever happen again. I hope yeah. it does. I hope so too, man. It would be nice to see a Grey Cup. Imagine if we became the City of Champions once again and <laughs> hold a Carnival of Champions once again. Oh my goodness, I would love that. Oh. Like, a, like a double header with the Edmonton Oilers and the Edmonton Eskimos or Elk. Sorry. Oh, look but, at you. <laughs> from me back, that would be that would be that would be a summer or winter or year that people would not remember because they would be partying way too hard. <laughs> I've, I've lived in, I've lived uh, in or very close to Edmonton all my life. And the one thing I miss the most being a fan, I miss being hated. I'm tired of this sympathy. I want the double E to mean evil empire again. <laughs> <laughs> there you oh, go. That's so funny. Hey. Yeah, I guess nobody hates us right now because, you He's know, why so well, when you have Calgary fan friends <laughs> tweeting going, Dude, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's against nature. That's not supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah, it got so bad that fans literally stopped chirping. Like, I had to yeah. stop making memes. It just, it becomes a dead zone. <laughs> um, it's rather disappointing. So. Let's not, let's not go back there. <laughs> no. But what would be a winning idea anyways, over here in the herd chat, we will close the uh, fan form with this. 
Love Pro Wrestling presents Elk Season Ticket Holder Night at the Rec Room South Common. <laughs> you know what? We will talk to uh, we'll talk to Spencer and see what we can do. I have a feeling that that might not happen, but hey, um, maybe there's like a green and gold theme night at a Love Pro Wrestling event. We don't want to uh, yeah. destroy his promotion or anything, but hey, um, Spencer, get at us. You know the drill, man. <laughs> um, Spencer, I'd like to put for I have an idea. I like the uh, hit scout with a chair idea. Oh, yes. <laughs> Proceeds go to CFL fans fight cancer. Yes. <laughs> Proceeds will go to CFL fans fight cancer. Um, we'll add I'll a hundred bucks up to swing the first chair. <laughs> exactly. And then, uh, you know, you'll add a or ladder. There you go. You add a ladder. Extra, extra <laughs> no. 500. Add, the, add the table, an extra 500. Catherine, what do you think of that idea? I just, I, I don't know. I don't know if you'll be able to handle more than one. <laughs> what's, up with, what's up with this episode today? <laughs> see, everybody, see, everybody chirps you when you're doing well. That's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk to Spencer. Maybe, maybe some of those will have to be foam, but <laughs> we'll, well, we'll do, yeah, we'll do what we can. I like it. Ladies and gentlemen, that is all the time we have today. We'd like to thank Chris so much for joining us on the show, man. This was great. Oh, man, I had a blast. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, uh, we'll be sure to have you on again. That's for darn sure. Um, we'd also like to thank our viewers for tuning into the show, whether you're watching on YouTube, X, Facebook, or listening on TuneIn, iHeart, Edmonton Sports Talk, or on your favorite podcatcher. My name is Scout, a.k.a. The Rev from Section X. And I'm Catherine, a.k.a. To You and Elks. And that's Chris. We're the Elks Herd. This was the Elks Call. <laughs> and we'll see you all in a couple more weeks with Dave Jamison. Thanks again, everybody. Have a good one. Cheers. Good night. Good night.